Next on News for the Soul, Inspiration to Creation with Nina Amir. Nina is known as the Inspiration to Creation coach. She's an intuitive transformational catalyst who elevates consciousness by reminding you who you are, a spiritual being having a physical experience. She'll inspire you to rethink your limiting beliefs, rise to your potential, and become a powerful creator who can live a human life that feeds your soul. Please welcome Nina Amir back to News for the Soul. Hello, and welcome to the Inspiration to Creation show. Hope you're having an inspiring day so far, wherever you are. It's a great day to create something soul-aligned, wouldn't you agree? I'm here to help you get out of your own way, change from the inside out, step into your power as a creator, ready to get inspired to create something amazing, like a life that feeds your soul. Awesome. I'm super excited about today's show. But before I dive in, I want to remind you that there should be time for questions or coaching uh, at the end of this episode. So if you have questions about or would like to be coached on today's topic, which is why you really, really, really need to listen to spiritual guidance, please call or write in. I'd love for you to call in so we can chat. I really don't bite. Um, And while emailed questions are great and I appreciate them, they don't allow me to tap into your energy or have a conversation with you. So you can call in by dialing 646-595-4274, 646-595-4274, or if you want to email, send that to ontheair at tellus.net, ontheair at t-e-l-u-s.net. And all that information is also at newsforthesoul.com. So let's start creating, shall we? Spiritual guidance comes in many forms. It could be an intuitive hit, a soft whisper in your ear, the word on a license plate, an oracle card you pull, a song on the radio, or a nagging feeling that you should do something no matter, you know, that you should just, that, that you should be doing something. It's that feeling like, oh, maybe I should be doing something different or I should follow that lead or read that book. No matter how it arrives, you need to pay attention to spiritual guidance. Yes, I mean need. If you don't, you might regret it. Seriously, ignoring spiritual messages can result in circumstances you'd rather avoid. And boy, do I know that. I used to teach about what I called the cosmic hailstone. You may know that hailstones begin as raindrops and often fall to earth with tiny balls of ice after updrafts push them into extremely cold areas of the atmosphere, where they freeze. However, hailstones can be carried up and down and up and down within a storm, accumulating layers and layers of ice and growing in size before eventually falling to the ground. And if that happens enough times, the hailstones that drop to the earth can be large enough to damage cars or worse. I know here in New Mexico, sometimes we have hailstorms and people on the highway are all trying to get their cars under the overpass. <laughs> anyway. When you ignore spiritual guidance, it's like sending a small hailstone back into the atmosphere. It starts out, you know, comes down first, it's a raindrop, and then it's a hailstone, and you send it back into the atmosphere, and basically you're throwing that guidance back at your guides. Now, your guides could be ancestors, astral beings, or your higher self, or soul, or angels, or even source. 
And the next time they let it drop, that hailstone is going to be larger. Ignore it again, it becomes larger still. Spiritual guidance can be a subtle, almost imperceptible message. Ignore that, and the next time it's a bit louder and easier to notice. But if you pay no heed again and the guidance becomes even louder and in your face, that's what happens if it's really important. As long as you keep ignoring it, it's going to get louder. It's going to be hard for you to not pay attention. But if you still choose to not pay attention or not to act on the information you're being given, you're going to likely find yourself in an unwanted situation. Of course, you can still ignore the message, but I wouldn't recommend it. So one of my coaches likes to tell a story of the first time she got a clear message from her guides. She was speeding down the highway, and she heard a voice said, slow down and pull over. She ignored it. Then she heard it again, slow down and pull over. And she ignored it. When she heard it louder the third time, she decided to do just that and began carefully making her way across the four lanes of highway in between speeding cars. As she moved out of the fast lane where she had been speeding down the road, she noticed red taillights coming on ahead kept moving across the lanes, and then a car came speeding past her without paying any attention to the slowing cars ahead and slammed into the car ahead of it, causing a multi-car accident, which she avoided just barely. But it would have been her car that got hit if she had not gotten out of that lane. And she would have been totally out of harm's way if she'd listened the first or second time she heard that voice. Now, let me give you an example from my recent life experiences where I did not listen as well as my coach did. So for quite a while, I've been receiving spiritual guidance indicating that I need to focus on what really matters to me, my writing. When I say that, I don't mean I heard a voice as loud, um, you know, as loud as the one my coach heard. I mean, I just have had a constant thought or voice in my head saying, write the books, write the books. The voice sounds like me, but it always has. After all, it is me. It's my soul or my higher self speaking to me. Maybe it's also my guides. I just know that when I ask a question, it answers, and it sounds like me. Also, I felt a frequent nudge to practice what I preach about living a life that feeds my soul. I don't know about you, but that's what I want to create, a life filled with things and activities that are soul-aligned. And writing's part of a soul-aligned life for me. But so are spacious days with time spent doing more of the things I love. When I felt, I felt the nudge, I meant I would think about doing my, something like my morning routine, even put it on my schedule. I would get the thought or see something that reminded me that I would really love to start working with horses again. Or I'd see a course about crystals or psychic powers or human design and want to take it. But I didn't do these things. I didn't really pay attention or act on the guidance. And I didn't complain about the tasks I didn't want to do, that didn't feed my soul, that took me away from writing or having time to meditate or read or go horseback riding or take a course. I always put those tasks before my life's work and before the things that really feed my soul. In other words, I ignored the spiritual guidance or messages. I heard them loud and clear. I felt them, but I did nothing. Nothing different. Then, just over six months ago, I fell and I dislocated my shoulder. Now, accidents 
are no accident. <laughs> I'll say that again. Accidents are no accident. For me, an accident happens on more than one level. Yeah, it's an accident, but it's also an opportunity to explore my life, to learn from the experience or event, to finally acknowledge or receive that spiritual guidance. So it's never just an accident. Like everything else in our lives, we create accidents, says Louise Hay. We do have the mental thought pattern that can attract an accident to us, she said. Some people seem to be more accident prone and others go for a lifetime without ever getting a scratch. Accidents are expressions of anger. They indicate built-up frustrations resulting from not feeling the freedom to speak up for oneself. Accidents also indicate rebellion against authority, says Louise Hay. I also think that accidents are a way of our spiritual guidance system trying to get our attention, as I alluded to. When we ignore the message sent out or refuse to even receive them and send them back unopened, we end up having an accident. I attributed the left shoulder accident, the dislocation, to releasing a bunch of masculine energy and resistance around my marriage. Rebellion, actually, a bit like Louise Hay talks about. Um, Because my husband and I were talking about our marriage when I fell. But that dislocated shoulder, that accident was soon followed by three weeks of a sprained back and a month of having shingles on the same shoulder that I dislocated. Hmm. That's a lot of physical issues in two-month period, not to realize something was trying to get through to me. So I'm going to refer to Louise Hay again. If you don't know who she is, she's the author of Heal Your Life. It's a great book that lists all kinds of ailments and why, what causes them in terms of your mental um, attitude, and after she gives you affirmations. Anyway, she says that shoulder problems are from carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. She says shoulders represent our ability to carry out experiences in life joyously. I can tell you that I was not doing that. I was not feeling joyous, and I felt awfully responsible for for some things in my marriage that were not my responsibility. As for the low back, well, Louise says that that's about a lack of emotional support or guilt or fear or money and financial support. Well, yeah, I had some of all that going on too. Shingles, well, that's related to waiting for the other shoe to drop. After the first two physical issues that I'd had, surely I was wondering what else was going to come. But shingles can also be about needing to affirm trust in the process of life. I hadn't been feeling that. I had not been feeling that all was well in my world for quite a while. Now, I took in all this information and I started to make some small changes to act on that guidance that I I now kind of in retrospect had. But I didn't do the big things I kind of knew I was being told to do. I ignored the guidance. So then, a few months after fully recuperating from these accidents and ailments, I tripped and fell at my dog's agility class. That was Uh, mid-December. Nothing really happened. Got some dirt in my mouth, but that was it. But just over a week later, I got my foot caught in a leash hanging on my front door, and I fell again, this time breaking three bones in my ankle. Now, that was just on December 28, 2023, just three and a half weeks ago or so. I'm sitting here as I do this radio show, in a splint with my foot up. Now, you could call a fluke or a freak accident the broken ankle, 
I mean, geez, how hard could it have been to get my foot in a hiking boot into this loop of this leash? I mean, crazy, right? And, and it was a freak accident on one level, but I also believe that it was a much louder and more insistent message to make some changes, the changes that I had been intuitively guided to make but had resisted. So let's talk about the ankle and go back to Louise Hay. Means inflexibility and guilt. Ankles represent the ability to receive pleasure. I have some other chronic issues related to not feeling joy. And then, of course, the shoulder affirmed that too. Remember, shoulders represent our ability to carry our experiences in life joyously. I could see a pattern not enough joy, not enough trusting the process of life, feeling guilty about not doing the things that I knew you know, really would feed my soul, and carrying too many burdens, not doing what brings me joy. I'm sure you realize, as I did, that the fall in the broken ankle was a huge cosmic hailstone. I might have avoided it hitting me hard enough to do serious damage had I paid attention to the spiritual guidance I received previously and been courageous enough to act on it. So what spiritual guidance have you been ignoring? What intuitive hits have you chosen to ignore? I want you to take a moment to think about it. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. And now I want you to answer with the first thought that comes to your head. What spiritual guidance have you been ignoring? It's time to pay attention to spiritual guidance, is it not? Not only that, it's time to act on it. And therein lies the real issue. It's all well and good to receive and even acknowledge receipt of spiritual guidance. It's quite another to act on it. Acting on spiritual guidance takes courage, something I obviously haven't had enough of until now. And you receive the messages so you can choose to follow that guidance. But receiving them takes courage too, I might add, because sometimes we're afraid to receive that guidance or to acknowledge it. We have lots of reasons for that, that we'd be different or what will people think. doesn't matter. There's some fear there too. So I want to ask you, did you follow the guidance you identified just a minute ago? If not, did it become a cosmic hailstone? Or did you act on it and avoid the hailstone? Now you can still take action if it hasn't been that long and potentially avoid one of those cosmic hailstones. When you follow your spiritual guidance system, you change. Your actions change. And then your life changes. Your circumstances and opportunities change. I've seen this happen with my clients and other people I've encountered, even with my coach, and I've seen it in my own life, but I haven't seen it recently. And it's no wonder, because I was ignoring spiritual guidance. Not anymore, though. As I sit here nursing my post-surgery ankle, I'm seriously considering my options for changing myself and my life. I'm deciding how to spend my time and do my life's work. I'm reevaluating everything and planning how to move forward in a soul-aligned manner, to live with joy, 
to let go of the burdens, to do my life's work, to be authentic, to follow my passions and inspiration, to create a life that feeds my soul. Excuse me. You have an opportunity right now to listen to your spiritual guidance that makes soul-aligned changes in yourself and your life, just like I do. As a result, you'll likely avoid being hit by a cosmic hailstone, at least a huge one. Plus, you're going to find your life changing in really miraculous ways. I trust 100%, trust, notice, trust 100% that if I'm courageous enough to make the changes I've been guided to make, my life will be transformed for the better. And so will I. And I can't wait to have that experience. And I surely will be paying more attention to guidance and acting on it so I'm not hit with another hailstone. Now, what I'm talking about here is being aware of spiritual guidance. You can ask for guidance. And in episode number 15 of my show, How to Know If You Receive Spiritual Guidance, that was the name of that show, episode 15, How to Know If You Receive Spiritual Guidance, I discussed some ways to actually ask for guidance and then to know you're receiving it. But the point I want to make today is to try to become aware of day-to-day guidance and act on it or else. (laughs) And if or else happens, learn from that experience, you become more aware of spiritual guidance. So if you haven't paid attention to spiritual guidance in the past and you found yourself hit on the head with a grapefruit-sized hailstone or worse, that is a sign to pay attention. And it's an opportunity, an opportunity to learn from these unfortunate events or accidents. One of my most popular posts on my blog, As the Spirit Moves Me, which you can find over at ninaamir.com, is about accidents. I get more hits, more readers to that particular blog post about accidents than almost any other other one. So given that I'm talking about an accident I had, let's stay on that topic, accidents and what they mean. Your soul speaks to you all the time. For the average person, hearing, seeing, or feeling spiritual messages feels challenging. In fact, many people insist that their souls don't communicate with them at all. But that's just not true. The same could be said of guides, angels, and the like. But if we just focus on accidents, it becomes clear that we are given messages all the time. And we can learn learn them kind of after the fact, too. Like I did with my ankle. You know, the old hindsight is twenty twenty. The accident becomes the message. At the risk of sounding like I'm accident prone, which I really am not, I can recall a few big accidents I've had, like back in June 2015. I fell off my bike while riding down a steep hill. I went right over the handlebars, and the bike followed me. The worst accident I'd ever had to date at that time. I'd torn a ligament in my knee twice, It was the first time I'd gotten up from the ground bruised and bleeding badly. I broke a tooth and I chipped another, but no bones miraculously. Somehow I ended up with a a hole all the way through my upper lip, just below the nose, and road rash all over my face, and a horrible bruise on my right leg, as well as one near my sternum, on my forehead and nose, and on my shoulder, which hit the road first. I was lucky. I could have broken or dislocated any number of body parts or ended up with a traumatic brain injury. I had people tell me 
<clears throat> you know, over and over again how, how um, the angels were watching over me that day. And after the shock wore off, I, of course, began wondering about the accident. Why did it happen? Why do accidents like that happen? On a physical plane, you know, physical plane level or simple level, I actually did something stupid, something I knew I shouldn't have done. Or I could say that my intuition or guide said, don't do it, but I did it anyway. While going down that super steep hill and super bumpy road, I'd gone down many times and I knew how careful I needed to be, I reached down with my right hand to turn on the shock system on my bike. I know better to do that on a steep hill. The bike gets unstable and unbalanced and my left hand is on the front brakes. The bike had, has hydraulic brakes and they work really well, in this case, too well. So when the bike began to wiggle and waver because I was reaching down and, you know, my weight was displaced, I instinctually hit the brakes with the left hand and over the handlebars I went. Simple as that, right? I did something stupid or not. Again, I knew better. Is that my intuition or guides or just my intelligence? I can't tell you. A friend told me to look in Louise Hayes' book to see the mind-body connection between some of my bruised areas and the broken tooth. And I immediately saw the connection between what parts of my body had been injured and why I might have suffered that injury from an emotional and a mental standpoint. It all made sense. For example, problems with teeth represent long-standing indecisiveness. At that point in my life, I'd been struggling to make some big decisions. Coincidence? I don't think so. From that perspective, my accident was not just an accident. The fall from the bike also provided a message, a spiritual message, spiritual guidance if I was willing to see it and receive it. Away from my mind, the universe, my soul, or some higher power to send me this important information. What did I take away? What message? Make your decisions already. Be decisive. I don't get into new age guilt about things that happen in my life. I had somebody recently call me and say she felt guilty about having um, hurt her back. I don't get into that. No guilt about the things that happen. I do think that I create them on some level, but I don't blame myself for creating things like accidents. I just think sometimes they happen for a reason, such as to open my eyes or mind to issues I'm not facing or need to face, or to help me receive the spiritual guidance. I mean, with the bike accident, I definitely had the thought as I rode my bike home, bleeding all the way, that the accident was quite symbolic of my life. Just from a metaphorical or, or <clears throat> symbolic level, outwardly my life seemed to be going uphill fast. In many ways, those I'd been many ways <clears throat> I'd been feeling like I was about to careen down the hill out of control. So. How do you learn lessons from the significant or minor accidents you have? How do you receive the spiritual guidance that's in them for you after the fact? First, never take them at face value. You can look for the lessons or the metaphors in them or symbols. Let me tell you about another little incident while I'm telling you all my little secrets. Have you ever rear-ended a car? You know, you're driving along. The car in front of yours stops suddenly or without notice, and you realize you need to stop too. 
So you slam on the brakes, you grip the steering wheel tightly, and you hope and you pray and your, that your car stops in time. And then, boom, you've gotten in an accident. You could chalk the event up to just an accident. Or you could try to figure out why it happened. What's the lesson you're supposed to learn? What's the spiritual guidance you're receiving? From a metaphysical or spiritual standpoint, accidents occur to call your attention to something important. From that perspective, they're like wake-up calls from the divine, or the universe, or God, or creator, whatever you like to call the source of all. Significant accidents like serious car, car crashes or <laughs> my broken ankle are really potent warning signs. Minor accidents such as this little fender bender that I'm talking about are less powerful messages but well worth taking, taking, you know, taking the time to seriously think about. Same is true of falls and all that kind of stuff. So I remember a few years ago, I drove home from the chiropractor while talking to one of my best friends using my car's Bluetooth connection to my cell phone. I wasn't holding the phone. <laughs> the conversation concerned a critical aspect of my life. Actually, it was about my marriage. And I, I was seeking clarity on a decision, but I, I had fear around making it. And I want to note, that this was, this incident I'm talking about now was six years after the bike accident. And I was still trying to make the same decision or not making it to be exact, which is also a decision. I was trying to plan my future post this decision about my marriage and process my emotions and figure out how to speak to all the people involved. The road was straight, two lanes, and there were lights and a little bit of traffic. My mind was not on the cars in front of me, at least not consciously. As I drove, on my left, I noticed a house being renovated. A new fence had been erected, and it had kind of this angular turn that enclosed one tree in the front yard, but left another outside near the sidewalk. But both trees were surrounded by this vertical lumber and metal fencing that caught my eye. Um, it protected the trees. Um, but it was, it was just an odd sight, and I got distracted, and I spent a few minutes too long, a few, well, I'd say a few seconds too long looking at it. And when I looked forward, the cars in front of mine had stopped at a light. And you can imagine the rest. Foot on the brakes, hands on the wheel, too late, boom. No one was injured. I had a little bit of a stiff neck for a few days, which I expected. Made a new chiropractor appointment. Cars weren't severely damaged. The young boy's car had a few scratches on the license plate, and my car's license plate was hanging halfway off, and the plastic around one wheel well was a bit loose. After giving the young man my insurance information, I got back in the car, called back my friend. I'd hung up, obviously, immediately after the accident occurred, and together we began to dissect the event. Here's what I identified as the issues leading up to the accident and the lessons I learned because of it, and I'm sharing them as another example of how you can do the same. Okay, so the first thing that I identified was distraction. I was distracted at that moment. No, you know, there was no doubt about that, but the situation I was dealing with was, was a big distraction and had been for a long, long time. Like I said, more than six years. Actually, it, it was about a decade. <laughs> anyway, the spiritual message I got was, you know, I was, I was shown that I needed to stay focused and keep my eyes on the road ahead, where I was going. 
I was looking to the side before the accident. And more than that, the indecision or the decision I needed to make was causing me to focus on the future, which I was afraid of. And I wasn't present and I needed to be in the moment because the only way to create the future that I wanted was from the present moment. The next spiritual message was about fear, that I was fearful. And so I was focused on fearful, you know, future kind of negative potentialities, possible future scenarios that would prove challenging. And these felt like obstacles in my path. So it's no wonder I found my path obstructed in a way that clearly stopped me from continuing moving forward. And the spiritual message was really that, um, you know, my fear was preventing me from creating what I desired or getting where I wanted to go. I needed to, needed to move into a place of trust. Uh, sound familiar? <laughs> That's the same message I got a few years later in 2023 with the ink, with the uh, shoulder and all. And I needed to know what everything, you know, that everything would work out for the highest good of all concerned. And I needed to focus on the positive, on what I wanted. Now, accidents also show us where we've lost control, and control was one of the issues that was raised for me. I definitely felt out of control in the unresolved marital situation, and I wanted to regain control. Interestingly, I lost control of my bike six years earlier, and it was basically the same decision, the same fear, all of it, still the same shit in my life going on. Hadn't done anything about it. So now, you know, I hit this car in front of me. So what was the spiritual message? If I'm looking at the accident from a more, you know, from this perspective of spiritual guidance, the lesson could have been to stand in my power and take control. Or the message could have been to give up control and trust that the divine had my back. Now, the license plate is kind of interesting. Um, you know, it ended up later being taped onto the bumper um, after this little fender bender. But a license plate is, is a car's identifier. It's almost like it's identity. And my challenging situation actually could be resolved with a change in identity. And I know I've talked a lot about identity here on this show. So the spiritual message for me hidden in this accident could easily have been to see myself differently. It also could be a reminder to start being who I want to be even while I'm trying to resolve the situation, to change my identity. And, and i got to tell you that this resonates with me now, even three or four years later. My old identity was hanging on to that car with a few bent screws and tape. It soon would fall off. So maybe the message was to continue changing, being who I wanted to be despite circumstances. Also, as I mentioned, the car accident gave me a stiff neck, which is usually related to inflexibility again, and, uh, and the ability to see what's around me. So think of owls who can turn their necks almost all the way around and see everything. Neck problems also signify stubbornness and a refusal to see other sides of a question or situation. It definitely wasn't seeing my husband's side. So I could easily recognize these characteristics in my attitude towards this unresolved situation. So all that said, you can see the accidents and their impact on your body or even on your car, provide clear messages, right? Actually, I'm not going to go into it today, but your car is a very interesting thing. It represents who you are and your, and your body. And so I, I have a, a lovely story that I don't have time to tell right now 
about the brakes giving out in my car and how I took that as a, a message, um, a spiritual message from my guides to tell me to slow down, that I, I was moving so fast forward that I wasn't able to stop. And I, Anyway, that's the short version of that one. So I want to share one more example of an accident and the spiritual messages I found in it. I recall a time when I still lived in California, and I tripped going up some steps when leaving the beach, these cement steps. They were kind of half covered in, in sand. And I stubbed my toe, and I fell onto my hands and knees, and I ended up with a straight knee. I dissected that small accident by looking at the symbolism of the body parts affected, and, and I found a spiritual message for me. I could easily see that, you know, this kind of minor accident telling me that I had resistance to taking steps forward and upward, and again, that I lacked focus or was distracted. Knee problems, including skin knees, and remember I had two ACL surgeries on my knee, are related to the inability to bend, stubborn ego, pride, fear, and flexibility. I already mentioned that I'd been feeling afraid and that I was unwilling to bend to some extent. I had some fear. So you can see how this way of looking at large and small accidents take you down a rabbit hole. <laughs> There's tons of information on the internet about spiritual or metaphysical you know, the meanings behind types of accidents and physical issues. And you really can extrapolate from that some spiritual messages for yourself, especially if you've been ignoring spiritual guidance. So what do you do with all the potential meanings and insight and lessons? You tap into and trust your intuition. This is an opportunity for you to actually get in touch with your spiritual guidance system and the messages you're receiving. What is, what is it telling you? What do you think it's telling you? So first, ask yourself what you think the message is. You can look for symbolism or metaphors, or you can just listen to what your intuition is telling you. Pay attention this time. You could also do the research to find possible meanings or lessons, like the Louise Hayes book. But then sit quietly and take a few deep breaths and get centered. And think about each possible lesson or meaning. Which one feels on target for your current situation? What message seems to hit home or, and feel right? Go with that. Of course, you could use a pendulum. You could pull a tarot card or whatever, anything that works for you. And you can get good at finding and receiving and understanding these spiritual messages by recalling some past accidents and practicing analyzing them. Remember what was going on at the time of the accident in your life. Think back. Do you, did you get any spiritual messages? Did you get some guidance? Did you take action on it? Then research the metaphysical or spiritual meanings or the lessons. See what kind of hindsight you can have that makes you know, clear what you were meant to learn from that event. What was your spiritual guidance system trying to tell you? And then if you're not sure you got it right, check in with your guidance system. Ask your guides. Ask your intuition, your soul. And notice what feels right. Often, you know, you'll get a strong thought or message in your mind or you might feel it in your body and you'll know what feels right. So pay attention. Pay close attention to any little mishaps 
Every accident, large or small, significant or insignificant, gives you essential insight into yourself and your situation and the guidance you're receiving or the guidance that you've been ignoring. And again, I want to go back to that. You know, this is why, why you really need to pay attention to spiritual guidance. Because these little mishaps, these large and small accidents, they are a way for you to really tap into what spiritual guidance you haven't been listening to, and then to listen to it. So pay attention. Learn the lessons, and then put them to use. In other words, act on those spiritual messages or spiritual guidance. So let the messages in, receive them, pay attention to them, and act on them. Act on the spiritual messages or spiritual guidance. If you do, you'll likely avoid more significant and severe accidents in the future. You won't find yourself hit by any cosmic hailstones. And I don't want you to be hit by any cosmic hailstones. I can tell you that having it land on your ankle like it did on for me is not much fun. And it's given me, just like the dislocated shoulder and the back issue and the shingles, it's given me time to sit and contemplate and think about the spiritual guidance and how I will courageously take action on it and avoid having this kind of problem again in the future, right? All right, so I'm going to check my mail and see if we have any callers or any questions. I am not seeing anything. Hold on. Nicole told me to handle this on my own today. So I'm looking. Um, oh, here we go. Three questions. Okay. Okay, so we have three questions. We have Marianne in Detroit. Marianne says, I'd like to get better at following my gut instincts, but I always start overthinking, start overthinking things. What can I do to get better at this? Okay, Marianne, that's a great question. Um, here's the thing. When you get, you know, just in very simplistic terms, when you have that gut instinct, when you have an intuitive hit, don't think about it. Just act on it, okay? Because it's probably going to be illogical or feel uncomfortable. So just know that that is something to just act on. And don't allow yourself to get into overthinking. Now, I wrote a whole blog post about this, and I'm trying to remember if I've talked about it here on the show, but when you start overthinking things, the likelihood is that your brain is doing its best job to keep you safe. So your brain, uh, your brain, in particular the, um, the reptilian part of your brain, the oldest part of your brain, wants to just keep you safe. That's its job doesn't want you to do anything different. It does not want you to take a chance on an intuitive hit or gut instinct. It wants you to do things the way you've always done them. That's why it's so hard for us humans, right? That's why I'm always talking about we have to get out of our own way. It's our human self, the brain, the physical self, that is saying to you, oh, no, 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 we need to really think about that. And I'm going to give you lots of reasons why you shouldn't do that or whatever. 
But here's the thing. If something feels like a stretch for you, feels like a growing edge, feels a little scary, that is likely your intuition telling you or your, your spiritual guidance telling you to do something because your soul and your spiritual guides all want you to grow and learn and expand and become more conscious. They want you to reach for your potential. And so the things that they suggest you do always feel a little scary. And so then your brain is going to say, no, 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 don't do that. And you're going to get into overthinking. So when you get into overthinking, that is your your um, flag, your red flag to say you're ignoring your, your spiritual guidance. Your brain is trying to help you to ignore your spiritual guidance to keep you safe. Do you really need to be kept safe? No. It's not like, you know, your, your, your intuitive hit is telling you to go stand in the middle of oncoming traffic, right? It's asking you to do something that feels scary and different and, and new and uncomfortable, and that's okay. That's okay. So that's how I would address that, okay? When you get into overthinking, realize that it's your brain, you know, functioning the way it's supposed to to keep you safe, but it is stopping you from acting on your gut instinct, on your intuition and your spiritual guidance. Thanks, Marianne. That was a good question. All right. Lisa in Washington So do all bad things that happen have a purpose or spiritual message like every time? (laughs) Well, kind of like I said, if you want to take things at face value, then you can. Do accidents just happen? For the majority of the world, people think that accidents just happen. But I think that there are no actual bad things. You said, do all bad things that happen have a purpose or spiritual message? I don't think there's anything bad. I think things happen. And then we have the opportunity, we have the choice to look at them and, and figure out why. And again, without getting into new age guilt or any of that kind of thing, um, I do believe that we need to look at how we created them because we're always creating, even if it's on a subconscious level, even if we're counter-manifesting counter or, you know, uh, creating um, in a misaligned fashion. I think that if we take the time to actually look at the things that happen to us, good or bad, if we take the time to look at them, then you're going to find a spiritual message in them. You're going to learn something every time. You said, like, every time you asked? Yeah, I think you're going to find a spiritual message in them every time if you take the time to look. And you can sit there and ask your guides. I mean, I've given you in past episodes all kinds of ways to tap into your spiritual guidance. I mean, you could sit down and you could be doing, um, you know, a a, a channeled writing or you could pull an oracle card or whatever you want. But, yeah, I believe that the things that happen to us have a purpose and contain a spiritual message. But I wouldn't call them bad or good. I think they just are what they are. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. Next question is Sarah. 
Sarah in New York. She says, things seem so scary these days. How do we stop being overwhelmed by the negative things going on in our world? Oh, Sarah, that's a big question. And I did do a, uh, an episode um, related to this. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was. Uh, but I go back and see it was in November or December. Um, I, I did a session um, or an episode about circumstances. But here's the thing. Things are only scary if you interpret them to be scary. There's a saying that I've heard in many different spiritual, metaphysical, personal growth circles, and it is that everything always has been, is now, and will be fine. When you believe and you trust that everything is okay, that everything's working out the way it's supposed to, it won't feel as scary. And so to stop being overwhelmed by the negative things going on in the world, you have lots of choices. You can look at them. Like if you're going to watch the news, you can watch the news and just watch it with curiosity and with noticing, you know, what choices people are making. And you can also notice that it's not happening to you if it's not. In, in some cases it might be. But if it's not happening to you, then you can actually be a little removed from it, which doesn't mean you have to be uncaring. The late Stuart Wilde, who I loved, said um, he, he would look at things like plane crashes and say, interesting evolutionary experience. It was never, oh, how horrible. Look what happened to those people. Because again, there was a spiritual reason for it. If we believe that we make the choice to come here to this earth in this lifetime, then we also have the choice about how we leave. We come to learn lessons. We, we leave for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, sometimes there, people leave um, in kind of mass exodus from this planet um, in order to go back to the spiritual realm and to help those who are still here on the earth. Look, at, look around at what's happening uh, today in the world and and know that we are in the midst of a huge, huge change. Uh, that's not the word I want to use, but a, a transformation. A, we are expanding. We are evolving. We are going to a different level. Now, some will say we're you know, changing dimensions. Um, I don't want to really get into all of that, but just if you look at it and say, oh, this is all happening for a reason. It's all happening for the higher good you won't be as scared or as overwhelmed. But if you're overwhelmed, let's just get really practical, Sarah. If you're looking at the news and what's going on in the world and you're overwhelmed, then stop looking at them. Don't focus your attention on them. And you're saying it's the negative things going on in our world. That's an interpretation. Interpret it differently. I just gave you several different interpretations. Right? So... Things being scary and being negative, those are all your interpretations, okay? So choose to interpret it differently. I'm, and, and notice that you're safe in this moment. You're safe, and if the things happening in the world are not close to you or not impacting you, there's no reason for you to be scared. And 
Again, if you're overwhelmed by these negative things going in the world, don't see them as negative. Just see them as what they are. Accept them as they are and begin to think about the fact that it's possible and highly likely that this is all happening for the higher good. That we are evolving and changing and some, you know, and this is just part of the process. So I hope that helps you, Sarah. I really do. Okay, so it doesn't appear that we have any callers, and I've answered all the questions. So let me end by just saying, <clears throat> as I always say, that personal growth leads to spiritual growth. It's kind of what I was just talking about with Sarah. The more you get out of your own human way, the more you're going to notice spiritual guidance or intuition, the more you're going to understand why things are happening the way they are, and the more more courageously you're going to act on spiritual guidance. As you learn to work with your human self through personal growth, you allow more of your spiritual self to express itself. And that's when your human self will be more conscious of its messages and the bold actions it, that, you know, it, it indicates. That's why I'm such an advocate for both personal and spiritual growth coaching and programs. The two just go together. You work on yourself, and you're going to open to the spiritual side of your nature. Work on your spiritual side, and you're going to find yourself confronted by the human ways you stop yourself from experiencing your connection with source. You are the only thing standing in the way of being the person you know you can be, want to be, are at your essence. Your human self is the only thing stopping you from tapping into your spiritual guidance and courageously using it to create the life you really want, to be the person who can create that life. And I know this from my own experience, as I've shared with you. And that's why I developed my signature program, the Inspired Creator Community, to offer personal and spiritual growth coaching and training for those who want to fulfill their potential and live lives of soul alignment and tap into their power as divine creators to create a different quality of life and to be the type of person who can do that. As you probably know, I'm a certified high-performance coach and an intuitive transformational catalyst. The coaching I provide is all about helping you step into being the person you know you can be, know you want to be, so you can fulfill your potential and purpose and access your powerful creative ability and your spiritual nature. It's about being a creator and a person who can express as a spiritual being having a human experience, which includes receiving and acting on your spiritual guidance. The Inspired Creator Community offers live coaching three times per month with me, not some other coach, as well as recorded spiritual training to help you step into your power as an inspired creator and create a life that truly feeds your soul and that's spiritually guided. It's not about creating things. Unless those things help you love your life and live with joy and soul alignment. It's not about creating circumstances or situations or relationships unless they help you live a life of soul alignment. If you want to find out more about the Inspired Creator community, you can go to ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. So that's N-I-N-A, a second A, M-I-R.com forward slash join ICC. Stands for Inspired Creator Community. The right or the best time to join the Inspired Creator community is when you feel that intuitive nudge. Don't get into that overthinking. It's when your soul whispers in your ear that it's time to change, time to transform, time to be who you are meant to be, to fulfill your potential and purpose, to create what you truly desire, 
and what is for your highest good and the highest good of all those around you. You probably realize your soul is pushing you in that direction right now. You wouldn't be listening to this show or to me if it wasn't. So trust your intuition. You can join the Inspired Creator community now. Everything's been recorded. People join at any time. Or you can wait until late February. I'm revamping the program as we speak, almost, and opening the doors in March for a six-month period. And during that six-month period, the doors are going to be closed to new members. So I'm revamping it in such a way that we work together in a six-month period, you know, in this wonderful, supportive environment and community. And then you can continue on with me, which many people have been with me for many years, um, or you can opt out at that point. But I just want you to know that things are changing and that we will be opening for that six-month period in February. So how long do you want to wait to step into your power as a creator, to move your human nature out of the way so you experience your spiritual nature? Where will you, where you be in six months or a year if nothing changes, if you don't change, or if you continue to not listen to your spiritual guidance? In the inspired community, creator community, we focus on changing from the inside out as you transform, your life transforms. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want you to stop and think for a second, what if you don't experience that transformation soon, within the next six months or a year? What if you never change, grow, transform, become who you're meant to be and do what you're meant to do in this lifetime? What if you never start listening to your soul and creating a life that feeds your soul based on those messages? You probably realize you may come to the end of your life and have regrets. I don't want that for you or for myself, and I bet you don't want it for yourself. So if you agree and feel the push towards achieving your potential and fulfilling your purpose, being your best self so you can create and live a life that feeds your soul, don't wait another month, a year, a minute. Become an inspired creator. Again, you can join me in the inspired creator community by going to ninaamir.com, join ICC. If you mention news for the soul when you join, simply by sending me an email, I'm going to gift you a 30-minute intuitive reading, okay, just for the listeners. And if a membership program or group coaching isn't for you, consider working with me privately. You can have a free 15-minute strategy session with me to discuss this. Just go to ninaamir.com forward slash 15, the number 1515 free, ninaamir.com forward slash 15 free, and we'll discuss what type of coaching suits your needs. Follow me on social. Just search for Nina Amir or Inspiration to Creation Coach. Thank you so much for listening. And until I talk to you next, go out there and achieve more inspired results by creating yourself and your life intentionally. the soul begins its 27th year in january 2024 find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com